Happy February and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are in month two of 2020. Lots of twos. Yesterday was two, 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 zero. February is the second month. You get the idea. We hope we're still number one in your hearts. And um, there's three of us here. I am Illegal86 and I have, of course, joined by my good friend, uh, Mr. Tectic. Hey, yo. And Miss Nerdbomber. Happy Cupid month, everybody. Soon to be Mrs. Nerdbomber. This is Would you like me to call you Mrs. Nerdbomber? What isn't the trendy thing, Ms? To like it's ambiguous. Wouldn't I technically be Mrs. Tectic then? No, you'd be Tech Chick. We went over this. I'm sorry. Oh, we did go over this. Shoot, and now was that public yet? Did I just that was public? Ruin the big reveal. Okay, good. Valentine's Day is coming up. That's a good point. Happy uh, early Valentine's Day. I'm sure we'll talk about that next week because next week it still won't be Valentine's Day. Do you guys have your dinner reservations yet? Oh, you bet. One of the best steak places in town. Same here. Not not the same place. That, that'd be weird. But th- th- I have my dinner reservations made. This is a public service announcement to all the people in relationships out there. Make your dinner reservations. It's just a smart thing to do. It gives you something to look forward to. And uh, you get to eat good food and celebrate uh, your romance. And you know what? If you're single go out to a restaurant anyways have a great time hashtag treat yourself hashtag treat yourself speaking of treat yourself we're going to be treating you all with of course a lively discussion of all things super bowl since the super bowl was this past sunday talking about the commercials but first we're going to be taking you back to the elementary school cafeteria at least if you're me that's where i most frequently saw them in the 1990s do y'all remember dunkaroos you bet i remember dunkaroos one of the best snacks I mean, would they be a snack or a dessert? So, t- I, Well, I think they're a dessert. Technic immediately disagrees with this whole line of questioning, it seems like. He doesn't... Technic's anti-Dunkaroo. We've established that before coming on the air, but I want him to publicly state that for everyone. I am anti-Dunkaroo. There's way better <laughs> snacks out there. And it... So it's it, a snack. It's just... It's just icing, like... It's not that not that great. Okay, but I feel like you just you had a, a circular argument there. You said it's not that great, and then you said it's just icing. Like keep in mind what, what we were eating in the nineties. We had fruit roll ups, fruit by the foot. These okay. are all like totally are sugar great. things. I mean, we great. had Dunkaroos, totally sugar. We pounded Oreos, like nobody's business, completely sugar. If you want to talk about greatest snack ever, I'm telling you, Cosmic Brownies, and that's why they still going strong. I mean, it's true. Cosmic <laughs> Brownies are dope, but Dunkaroos were also great. I don't understand why they're mutually exclusive. Do you know why Cosmic Brownies are still going on? It's because they, they still have some leftover from the first time they made Cosmic Brownies, and they're still good. Like if you threw if you took a cosmic brownie right now, full disclosure, I love cosmic brownies. They're amazing. If you threw one at a window, the window would break, which I think is a mark of a good snack. But at the same time, what no, is no? They're things? super moist. They melt in your they're mouth. Moist, but but they're dense. They're like they're heavy. Like I any love a good brownie, brownie would be. I <laughs> I feel like we could go dive more into that, but that's not what this is supposed to be about. Some one of these episodes or some secret segment or something, we should have like like a snack bracket where we like talk about because my personal favorite I think is fruit by the foot from from like back in the day. That was like the big treat that my mom would get me at the grocery store if I was a good boy, you know. But I think Dunkaroos would be like hey, at least be top five. And I'm like, I never got them. My mom was anti Dunkaroo. She was like, she thought the way that you were thinking, Tactic, which is it's just all sugar. It's gonna rot your brain. And but yet, it's I bet she you. handed you pouches of Capri Sun every day. No, she she actually didn't. She only really? we only had Capri Suns when we got them with Lunchables, which I still eat Lunchables. I'm not gonna apologize for it. No, yeah, I I, I was never a big Capri Sun kid, but. In the lunchroom, I was, my, to go back to my original point, in the elementary school lunchroom, 
I knew kids who had Dunkaroos and there was just this insane jealousy associated with it. You didn't the have whole, the hustle going? That's how I got all my cosmic brownies. I was I mean, dealing and dealing. There, there was trading, sure, but I, it wasn't. I, I wasn't like exercising the art of the swap. Like I wasn't like turning like a single potato chip into like a whole meal. I, I, I've never had that kind of flair for negotiation. I feel like I never had stuff that was good enough to trade for like the high quality sugar foods. And if I did have that kind of stuff, then it was the high quality sugar foods, and, and my mom like it. caved. So then I just ate it. Like, why would I trade that? Yeah, I, I, my mom. You know, I want to say publicly because my mom. She doesn't listen to the show, but if she ever did, mom, you made some great school lunches. Thank you for that. We're bringing this up though. The whole reason we're not just bringing up Dunkaroos to talk about them, as fun as that would be, guys, they're coming back. This has officially been announced uh, today, the day that we're recording, February third. They have an official Twitter, which I guess why wouldn't they? And the tweet is, and I quote, "Definitely coming back, summer 2020." And I'm, there's like a there's like a video posted along with that tweet. I'm not going to watch it now, but it's a guy with like frosted tips it was clearly like a night it's like an old commercial from the 90s and this is a huge deal so i'm going to read another this is a quote from the president of snacks at general mills which what a fun job that would be for those who grew up in the 90s the original cookie frosted combo represents the taste color and fun of being a kid during that decade they teased the comeback when apparently this instagram and twitter account was created in january and people immediately were like oh my god this is like a huge deal i'm excited for this i mean i i even for someone who didn't eat them regularly, it's a huge deal. I think it's going to experience a resurgence. I mean, if I see them in the stores, I'll buy some just for nostalgia's sake. The one thing I, I do want to note, though, as far as what, based on what I'm seeing right now of like what it looks like the packaging is going to be in the format, they used to be shaped like kangaroos, right? The cookies? A hundred percent. Yeah, they were kangaroos. See, apparently that's not the case anymore. All I'm seeing here are circles. They look like coins, cookie coins. That you dip into the frosting looks the same. Frosting, then, is, you got that. The name Dunkaroos white, the doesn't mean anything. If they're not a kangaroo, well, then how can it be a Dunkaroo? It, it can be a Dunkaroo in our hearts, I think. Dunkaroos, we want answers. They're taking advantage of of the fact that we we love Dunkaroos, and they're just gonna they're gonna take that brand. And I mean, again, it looks like the frosting. Again, based on the scant social media posts that we can see, it's got the multicolored pieces, kind of like funfetti looking stuff. So, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty much the same. It's just, I don't know why, what, what, could they not get the rights to kangaroo shapes? I don't understand. I don't know why it's not keeping the kangaroo shape. Maybe they just figured it's less expensive to just make a, a generically round thing with a D on it. I mean, kangaroo but, or not, I'm pretty excited that they're coming back. I do have two major questions, though. So the first one is that I was reading an article about the return of the Dunkaroo, and apparently these have still existed in Canada for the last handful or more of years. So my first question is, Canada, why are you holding out on us like this? Because my life has been Dunkaroo-less and you've been hoarding them all. My second question move. is, do you think this will be a permanent fixture in the supermarket? Or do you think it's going to be a limited time thing? And if so, are you, well, obviously Tectic won't be planning on it, but this is more for illegal then. Would you be planning to stack up on Dunkaroos? Um, boy, see, I would liken this to, as I mentioned, Fruit by the Foot as like my favorite childhood snack. I will still buy Fruit by the Foots every now and again, but that's just it. I'll buy them every now and again. I'm not going to keep fruit by the foot afloat if no one else buys them the same would be true of dunkaroos i would buy them once in a while when i was like you know you go to the dollar store i have a dollar store right across the street from from where i live which is by the way the most convenient thing in the world so when i have this i have the munchies i'll go over there and i'll just kind of like stroll the aisles waiting for something to call to me 
And Dunkaroos are the kind of thing that would definitely call to me once in a while. So like if it's a limited time thing, you don't see yourself running out there and buying like 20 boxes of Dunkaroos to last for all of time. I could tell you 100% that that will happen to some people. This reminds me of the great Twinkie shortage of 2013. Or the firework Oreo shortage of last year, which luckily we had stocked up a little bit of firework Oreos. So we were set. We were eating Oreos in the winter. The closest that I've come to doing that kind of thing is... So, okay. Uh, have you ever had the cereal tricks with the rabbit? Oh, yeah, of course. Talking about. Now, when you were a kid and you had tricks, what do you remember about the? Did you like them, first of all? Yeah, they were good. And they had... They were good. They had the different shaped, like, fruity things, right? Exactly. They had the different shaped fruity things and it was my favorite cereal when i was a kid i loved it so much and then one day some idiot i don't know who it was someone higher up who was trying to save a buck at i then that might also be general mills was like stop making the shapes just turn them into balls like every other stupid cereal and something interesting happened they probably changed the formula from the two because then the taste got worse and i stopped getting them and then when i had my own buying power and i was like in college I didn't buy tricks because I was like, they ruined tricks for me. But like, I think a year, two, like two, one or two years ago, very recently, they brought back the fruit shapes and it was a big deal. And that was the closest I ever came to being like, well, if they take this away again, maybe I should like buy a bunch of boxes of this because it's amazing. I still buy it, buy it much more regularly now. Do you remember um, when Trix even was a yogurt? Trix had the yogurt. That's yeah. right. I See, I'm not a big yogurt guy, but I think people liked the Trix yogurt. I don't know what happened to that. It was, it was good. It had like, it was like multicolor yogurt, looked funky made me eat it because when we think about things like the dunkaroos idea of like bringing back dunkaroos and it's gonna you know there's gonna be this nostalgia factor that's gonna propel it into like fiscally smart uh food making you have to ask the question of like we're talking about dunkaroos like how great they were but they went they they went belly up at one point they stopped making them why like, what if it was, the can- what if it was all the kangaroo shape? It might have been like, were kang- are kangaroos, they're not endangered species, are they? Or were they at some point? No, Is it's that just hard why? to hold like, a, uh, the shape of the cookie. They come broken and they get complaints. And Oh, give me a break. You think that's why? I mean, the, why Keebler like elf, the Keebler elf manages to do it. They have those, what are those, the fudge? EL fudge. Yeah, the EL oh, fudge man. cookies. And they manage to those hold their great. shape just fine. So is that why you don't like them, Tactic? No, I just, I'm not a fan of a ton of icing for no reason. Oh, there's a reason. The The kangaroo has to take a dunk in the icing to cool off on like a hot Australian summer day, you know? I would I would do an Australian accent when I was eating Dunkaroos. And I was a kid, so it sucked. But So we it. have some Australian listeners, and I, I posit a question to you guys. You can answer us on like Twitter or something. Did you guys have Dunkaroos? And like, so for, for us, deer are all over the place. And it's just kind of like, ah, uh, deer, unless it's Christmas time. Like, were Dunkaroos a big thing for you? Or was it just like, oh, kangaroos? Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering, were the, was the kangaroo shape the, the thing that was too expensive that they were like, we got to stop making Dunkaroos? Or were there a lot of people out there like Tectic who just don't actually like them because they're too, there's too much icing involved? I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think like... Like, okay, think about the Nutella craze, which is now, like, going away. But Nutella is basically sugar, right? It's almost icing. It's just chocolate. I know it's hazelnut spread, whatever. But it's, it's, you're dipping stuff in chocolate. That's the whole premise behind it. Are we not kind of doing the same thing here? 
I'm just not a big dunker. Really I like you. to I like to shovel directly into mouth. It's it's really the extra steps that that dissuade me, like those cheese dip sticks things. I was that about were to ask you about these. So I used to like those as a kid, but in retrospect, that cheese was kind of suspect. It's just gross. saying. Oh yeah, that's 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 cheese product right there. First of all, I liked the cheese sticks as a kid. I haven't had one in a long time. See, like gushers were something you could just throw back. I love a gusher. I I ate gushers like like less than two weeks ago. And again, I'm I'm proud of that. I, I, I there's something about gushers that are so satisfying, and also like I'm at an age where when I'm eating them, I know how wrong it is, and I just don't care. There's like there's, that's almost like adds to the joy for me. My entire life, eating for me has been more of a let me see if I can get this done as fast as I can get this done, and then I can start talking without breathing again. Why don't you enjoy like I'm a I'm a slow eater. I just I've been, call, I've been Why don't you savor it? You're missing out on so many good flavors. I just black out like. usually. That's what how it goes. So wow, the, extra, wow, the extra dip step was like asking too much. I mean, but you're a you're a kid in a lunchroom. If you get I, me I a Dunkaroo flavored Oreo, I'm in. But I can understand if you're but Oreos. First of all, you keep bringing up Oreos. That I rarely, if ever, will eat Oreos without dunking them. That's because blasphemy. they're better that way. You just the proper way to eat an Oreo. Just throw this, it back. No, this is no debate. This, <laughs> no. I am. I have the proper way to throw eat it an back. Oreo. You twist it apart, then you lick the icing off the one cookie, and then you eat the two cookies. That's the proper yeah. way to eat an Oreo. I've done it that way. Don't get me wrong. If I if I'm gonna eat them dry, that's the way I'm gonna eat them. But if I'm gonna like, if I have the the time and the wherewithal to like get a glass of milk, I'm gonna do it. I like literally, it, it, that, I literally feel like I'm watching a Tootsie Pop commercial. You guys all know there's three bites to a the center of the Tootsie Pop. That's it. You're not sitting there licking it all day long. I, I mean, I'm, I'm dunking. I'm not licking it. I'm just dunking it. It's not a, it's not a fast process. And like, I, I can, it's not a slow process, I should say. And I can, I can understand at the age that we're at now, and with the commitments and the responsibilities of adulthood that we have, that you might not have the time, or like be in the mental state to sit down rip open a pack of dunkaroos and sit there dunking for however long that takes but when you're a kid in a lunchroom what what do you have going on you're just dunking all day the only you're snack that i ever finagled with was the tattoo oh the fruit, fruit roll-ups roll oh that was but dope in hindsight those were kind of gross you're sitting there like licking your arm <laughs> And then no, you lick, dude. You you didn't put <laughs> the tattoo. Okay, you guys were definitely doing that wrong. It was a tongue tattoo, first of all. So you had a tattoo and it went on your tongue. You didn't lick your arm and oh. put it on your arm. But no, you could. But you could. <laughs> Think about how unsanitary that is. Oh man, I'm, I'm not thinking about. It. I lived it. I, I mean, I don't know. I I understand where you're coming from. Of you're like, let's just get straight down to business. But I'm 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 starting to doubt personally that you ever tried and experienced Dunkaroos in, in the proper way. And I, and I say that knowing full well how snobby it sounds. But like, did you ever, did you just try one of the kangaroos and were like, this is no good? Or did you like take a finger full of icing and were like, this is just icing? Because it was just icing if you did it that way. It's basically vanilla icing. And I was always more of a chocolate guy. So that was the first thing. Obviously the extra work, that's the second thing. And the cookie in itself just, Again, kind of vanilla to me. It's you, it's it's like anything. The key is the ratio. You have to get the ratio right. I'm, that's what I think happened. You didn't get the ratio right. But now you'll have another chance to. That's the good news is this is coming back. Summer 2020. I'm sure Nerdbomber is going to run out 
and stock up. She's going to be like buying out stores. I promise so, I will give it a chance and give it a, give you guys an update. Well, that should we'll be record a it. secret it'll be segment. A, yeah. Yeah. Or a vlog, thing. something. Just you sitting there eating Dunkaroo. I mean, you'll have all the time in the world. You have, you'll have the length of a vlog, a video vlog to enjoy these Dunkaroos and give your fully unadulterated thoughts. And I personally can't wait. There is no official date that I can see as far as when these are coming back. It just says summer 2020, but this could be a big deal. They also, for what it's worth, they were discontinued in 2012. So they've only, we're acting like they've been gone for like, for like 20 years. Well, they've only been it gone for eight years. It feels like 20 but years. But it feels like a long time. Did you ever, okay, so 2012, and last question before I move on, because I know we're taking longer than we thought we would on this, but it's, this is important. This is important content. In 2012, the three of us were in college. That's like, that's like a golden age for, for Dunkaroo eating. Nerdbomber, did you buy Dunkaroos in college? Because I, I didn't. Not at all. I, I don't. I don't remember a time where I did that. Dude, when so I maybe... when I transitioned into college, I was downing Yellow Amp and Doritos, spicy oh, forget, sweet chili you're Doritos. You're forgetting the quintessential snack that we had back in those days. Cheese hashtag pups? hashtag Star Crunch. Oh yeah, Star Crunch too. What is Star Crunch? That is one of the best snack foods. It can't be because I don't. I've never heard of it. They're amazing. It's got like Rice Krispies over this like gooey nuggety center. Super great deliciousness in my belly. I will have. To you know what? I'm gonna include. I'm gonna include a whole palette of different snack foods, and I will rank them. A whole palette? That's a lot of snacks. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, you just made a promise that uh, we all expect you to keep. So um, you'll be hearing from us more about Dunkaroos at some point. But suffice to say, we're very excited for the most part. Two out of three that they're coming back. So be on the lookout for that. Speaking of snacks, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. And, and it seems like this might be a good jumping off point to to actually dive into the commercials first. Obviously, a huge component of the big game every year. There's the game itself, but and there's the halftime show, but then there's also the commercials, which are these days designed to create these like kind of viral marketing campaign sort of things. And you mentioned Doritos, however long ago. Like oh, yeah, the spicy sweet chili Doritos. Mm-mm. despite the 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 commercial with um we're gonna be talking about a bunch of commercials but we should, well, it might make sense to lead off with the sam elliott dancing mustache commercial i mean how about that i thought that was actually a really clever commercial and i know old town road has been super played out at this point but i just there was something cool about the whole old west kind of modern dance-off thing that was happening but really the star of the entire commercial was sam elliott's dancing mustache and that i found really funny so that was probably up there in my top three commercials just because, I mean, I, I have a soft spot for Sam Elliott. My mom's favorite Christmas movie of all time was Prancer, and he's the dad in Prancer. So like right from the ripe old age of not even born yet, my mom was like pumping Sam Elliott into my system. That sounded that sounded really sounds, wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Sounds really unfortunate. <laughs> Dunkaroos. Um, but like, I don't know. He's just like a very classic I feel like he's always a stoic, serious character in almost everything that I see him in. And to see Big his Lebowski, little his like little dancing Yeah, the dancing mustache man was just so kinda out of character and I loved it. Good stuff. He's really good in a Star is born too. Shout out shout out to Sam Elliott if you're listening. Hit us up on, on the social meets. Um so you mentioned you had kind of a top three. What else was 
let's, let's run through some here. What else tickled your tickled your biscuit? So um, so one of the other ones, I have a huge soft spot, as you guys all know, for animals. So if you guys didn't hear, I think it went viral even before the commercial aired. But the CEO oh, the of WeatherTech, yeah, yeah, took out a commercial basically thanking the veterinary hospital that cured his dog of cancer. And so I was like super anticipating this commercial. It wasn't. It wasn't as touching as I thought it was going to be going in. I mean, obviously, they were advertising WeatherTech, and there was a lot more WeatherTech advertisement than I thought, but I still have a huge soft spot for dogs and golden retrievers especially, so that was one of my other favorite commercials. And then the third one on my list was the Little Caesars commercial with Rain Wilson. And first of all, I do have to note that The Office made a huge comeback in the commercials this year because oh, yeah, yeah. he was in a commercial, John Krasinski was in a commercial, and Toby, I can't remember Toby's actor's name. Paul, Toby. Paul Lieberman. Thank you. Paul Lieberman is his name. He was also, also in a, a writer on the show. Um, but basically, Rain Wilson was in a Little Caesars commercial trying to figure out like the next big thing, and it ended up being Little Caesars delivery. But more so, I just thought, not the Little Caesars part of the commercial, but just the entire thing was kind of funny. And I like, yeah, Yeah. I like Rain Wilson. So that was my top three of the night. Uh, My, my favorite, I would have to say was, and it's funny thinking about all these commercials, how much the commercial is like, it's not about the product at all. Like my favorite was the Jason Momoa commercial, which was a rocket mortgage commercial which I only know because I just looked the commercial up a little bit ago um, where he like takes off all his muscles and like his hair and it reveals that he's like a really scrawny kind of, he looked kind of bum looking dude. Yeah. Like it doesn't look great, obviously. And I liked it cause it was so relatable at the, at the end of the commercial, he was like trying to lift like a lift weights, but it was just the bar and he was like struggling and um, great physical comedy, big fan, not like there were some, my least favorite commercials were the ones Everyone has a famous spokesperson, but when you throw like 20 famous spokespeople at a commercial, I feel like it gets, it gets worse. Like, I think you need one good person. Like the worst commercial I saw was the commercial for that hotel in Miami that had like, it had JLo, A-Rod, DJ Khaled, everybody. It was like a whole bunch of famous people that, and a lot of people I didn't know, by the way. So I didn't like that one, but my, my, another one of my favorites was the Post Malone, uh, Bud Light seltzer commercials. I'm not a big seltzer guy, but I like Post Malone. Um, I don't really listen to his kind of music, but I think he's just a a funny guy and an interesting personality. Um, So that whole, like the whole thing where he's, there are people fighting inside his head. It's a kind of a, and the best part, it's a well-worn every single one of those people in his head had face tattoos. Yeah. But that, yeah. And the devil's in the details with, with commercials like that, where like that was like the funniest part of the commercial. And there might've been people that didn't even notice that. Um, so and I like those that guys, one a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed, but later on in the game, like in the actual game, you know how they have like that stats? They were there. They were in, they had those guys yeah. in their outfits with the face tattoos at the game with a Bud Light. And I just thought that was a great touch. The commercials that, because, and, and we've seen a few of them, especially like last year, the Twilight Zone promo, like there's a lot of commercials that are kind of like tricking you into like they're either connecting directly to the game like the nfl commercial where the kid runs in at the end and it's like they actually at the game and like the post malone like where they kind of actually tie it directly into the game and like there are commercials that also start thinking like oh welcome back we're at the game and then something happens and you realize it's a commercial i think those are pretty clever the last commercial i want to mention though it it, i don't want to say it was one of my favorites because it was really just a downer but i feel like we need to talk about that google commercial Super with the depressing. old man trying try, try to remember his wife like 
as someone who's who lost multiple relatives to, to Alzheimer's, man, it, it hit pretty close to home. And I was like enjoying the game and like having a good time. And then this commercial was like, you're, you're going to die someday. And before you do, you're not going to remember anything. And if you tell Google to remember it all for you, she's going to sell your data to a company. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I like, like the the message of the the entire story like obviously the man losing the memories of his wife that was depressing in and of itself but the fact that then either he or his family or google without asking but i'm assuming they must have gotten their buy off they sold it so that it could be commercialized like that's super depressing i don't know if it was i don't know if it was a true story but like and and, and like it it has like an uplifting ending too where like at, at the end it's like google remember that loretta told me to like not be sad and miss her and like get out of the house and you hear him leaving the house it's like okay he's gonna go on living his life but it was still just like and they're playing they're playing that say something song in the background without words it was just like calculated for maximal emotional impact yeah like and i just i don't know i some of the commercials are too goofy for me but some are, are also too serious and there's like a sweet spot that you have to get into and th- that one wasn't wasn't in it but tactic i want i want some of your there were so many commercials we only had time to talk about a few but what were some of your um greatest hits of this year okay so my top three i'm going to phrase it as notable commercials were as follows so first off i'm going to piggyback off what nerd bomber said with a lot of the office cast showing up. There was one commercial that I was wildly disappointed that they didn't have any office cast members show up at all. And that's Kevin. Um, if you guys follow me on the Twitter, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about already. The Twitter. And in the Proctor, needs. The Procter and Gamble commercial, the, the, per, the cook comes out with this big, big bowl of chili and spills it everywhere. They should have had Kevin holding that chili. They should have had him spill it, and he should have been covered in it, and it should have just been this pitiful mess. And that would have made the commercial so much better. But then they kind of brought it together and made it this weird, awkward cleaning party, and that was fine, but totally a missed opportunity, Procter & Gamble. Everyone else was getting the office cast in it. You should have, too. And everyone loves the office, yeah. Everyone loves that scene. I agree. Missed opportunity. It's the most, like, insignificant part of the actual storyline but it's exactly it's so iconic and everyone knows it it's just a missed opportunity the my absolute favorite one was of course the jeep commercial with groundhog day bill murray Oh, the groundhog day yeah we're in a big we're fan in, of this one we're in a time where cute and fluffy things are all the rage and so the commercial goes where he wakes up he goes oh crimity it's groundhog day but then he sees this jeep <laughs> kidnaps the groundhog and then they just start going on adventures day after day together and they they build this adorable little friendship he's got a little helmet on he's in a bike with him he's watching him play whack-a-mole and just like they have him showing every little expression and it's just so adorable i loved what they did with the groundhog i loved what they did with the the bond between him and bill murray fantastically done and the last notable one was the tide commercial commercials Mm -hmm. are great but they're absolutely phenomenal when they span across multiple commercials. So with this one, um, Charlie Day was in a, at a party. He spilled some sauce. Well, he got some sauce on his shirt. Yeah, his girlfriend or wife character spilled sauce on him. And, he's, and they kept saying, you'll clean it later. Don't worry. It won't stain permanently. 
And so he tries to get later, ends up back in time somehow. Then he tries to get later, ends up in the Wonder Woman trailer. Then he tries to get later, he's old, but he still has a dirty shirt. And it's just... (laughs) Well, it's so great because of all the crop... Like, you mentioned the Wonder Woman, and and when he went back in time, he went back to, like, the Bud Light, Dilly Dilly thing. Like, there's so much crossover, and, like, it must... Logistically, it must take so much thought to figure out like how is this ad gonna go and then you get someone like charlie day who i i absolutely love um i was a really big fan of this one too it's right up there with with the tide pods commercials from i think i think it was two years ago it wasn't last year but but they do these commercials like you said that are spanning multiple commercials and it pops up where you don't expect it to and it's just it's so memorable so yeah i was a big fan of that one so, as well so kudos to tide kudos to bud light kudos to wonder woman y'all did a great job together and, 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 you know, there are a bunch that we didn't mention. So the T-Mobile Anthony Anderson was a great one. Toyota featuring Kobe Smulders. You know, you see so many, so many of these feature of like crazy pop culture references. Like Walmart had this commercial that had to cost them, not even just for the ad time, but for the licensing. I don't know how much money, but they, there were Star Wars characters, all kinds of pop culture references. Um, Discover had a similar commercial. So a lot of them seem to go hard in the pop culture and, just kind of hope they fill in the blanks along the way. Um, but I think the more interesting ones, you know, the Bill Murray one was great. That was the best, most well done pop culture nostalgia one. Um, but the best ones are the ones like the Tide Pod or the Tide commercial that are just super, super inventive and are funny. And like I said, just you know, the goal of these commercials is at the end of the day, it's all spectacle, but it's supposed to stick in our heads. Right. And that's the one that I'm probably going to remember for the longest so um i will say i feel like this year overall the commercials did a better job of being more memorable than previous years i feel like the last five years or so i've just been severely disappointed by the commercials because they build up all of this hype and then most of them just fall flat like they're not as funny as the advertisers think they are and there's nothing that i really walk away from the super bowl saying like oh wow that was actually like a really funny spot but this year there were definitely a decent amount of funny ones that like you said hit that sweet spot where they weren't like too just over the top kind of slapsticky um i will say though i don't remember if we were talking about this on the podcast but i remember at some point the three of us were talking about the death of mr peanut and i had predicted that they would they would bring him back as a baby peanut um i didn't realize that they would phrase it as baby nut because that just is such bad wording like why would you call it that but they definitely hopped on the baby character train and I mean, it was cute, but like, for sure. Baby his Yoda's, voice is the same, though. Yeah, Baby Yoda is still cuter. I'm sorry, sorry, Mr. We're also, Peanut. we're not mentioning. There were, of course, a, a bunch of uh, TV spots and movie spots um, that we don't have time to talk about. We're going to be talking about the Marvel spot after the the break. But there were also a bunch of commercials that, like, I thought, like Maisie Williams singing "Let It Go." I wasn't that into. Yeah, same. Um, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, it's hard because there's so many, like I'm scrolling through this list, there's so many, and there's also a bunch of serious ones that were well done, but they're not as interesting to talk about. So um, if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, you should you should go take a look at all these commercials because there was a lot of, I mean, you're obviously you're being advertised to, so if you aren't a fan of that, you're not going to like it, but there's a lot of work being done and a lot of creativity on display, and, and there's parts of it that are uh, really, really great. So yeah, we're going to talk uh, when we get back about the Marvel TV spot, which was really which was only thirty seconds long, but there was a lot to kind of digest. Um, but before we we do that, 
And before we go to the break, uh, I do want to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Jackness, who, as you all know by now, if you listen to this show, has been supporting us at the night level for some time now. That's the highest of our three levels on Patreon. And uh, as a night level supporter, Ben gets the producer shout out every episode. Uh, He gets input into our game segment. And uh, of course, he also gets access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. If you aren't as cool as Ben, which is fair because he's pretty cool, uh, you can also support us at the second level of support, which is the Squire level, and that gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And if you're not even as cool as the Squire, that's okay. You're probably still pretty cool. Uh, And you can support us at the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you're interested in supporting what we do, we would appreciate that. And we would direct you to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. So now we will swing it over to some of our friends for a little shout out, and then we'll be right back to talk about the Disney Plus TV spot. Hey there, everybody. Seth Heasley here from the Hugo's There podcast. Every month on the podcast, I have on a guest, and we discuss their choice of the winners of the Hugo Award for Best Novel. So if you're interested in nerdy books and nerds discussing books, head over to hugospodcast.com or search for Hugo's There anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. All right. So um, before we move into what we've been up to uh, in the past week, besides, of course, watching the Super Bowl and absorbing all of the content there, we, we need to talk about this this Disney Plus uh, TV spot, which was only, I think, 30 seconds long. Um, and it was it was teasing um, three of Marvel's big shows that are coming. There was, of course, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we've been hearing about for a while. WandaVision, which we we knew about, but we haven't seen a whole lot. And then uh, Loki. And I think we should start with Loki because it got, there was literally like one shot uh, in this 30 seconds that was Loki related. And it's him looking like he's in some kind of jail cell. I don't even remember what he said. It was something mischievous, um, just like one sentence. But he's wearing uh, a specific shirt. Did you notice, did either of you notice this? No. I did not. Uh, It's, a shirt that has uh, the letters TVA on it. And TVA, for those that do not know, stands for Time Variance Authority, uh, which is a fictional organization in Marvel Comics that is basically responsible for monitoring the multiverse. So uh, as if we didn't know this before, they're, they're kind of delving into this whole multiverse thing headfirst, really. And they, and they were doing a similar thing with Spider-Man um, after Endgame. So, that, you know, again, not not a whole lot to parse with Loki, um, but clearly it's going to involve what happens in Endgame where he takes the Tesseract and goes away and all kinds of things are bound to happen after that. WandaVision, though, we should talk more about. What was your guys' read on this? First of all, did you did you see this spot? I did. I didn't really... It didn't seem like something that would hook me, honestly. It seems too gimmicky, and I feel like for my own personal taste, I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah, like I, I actually really like the type of show. Like I like that old school sitcom-y thing, like the the Lucy and Desi kind of interaction in TV shows. Like a multicam, yeah, kind of, yeah, like a sitcom. That's what it's. It's yeah. like a sitcom with a twist, though, right? Like it's because it's, it's 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 hard even with the visuals that they showed, which were a lot of very quick. You know, she's a housewife and like, Vision's still alive, and she's just, pregnant at one point. I don't understand why they're doing it. Like, I feel like there's so much that you could do with her character that's not this. 
And it just feels like super force fed because they're trying to diversify what they're doing with the Marvel universe. And I don't necessarily think I like it. Like I'll probably end up watching it just because I'm a sheep and I'll watch it because it's Marvel and I'll I'll just watch it. But I don't know. Like I, I kind of have to, I have to put faith in Disney at this point to not screw it up. But it just it looked a little too weird for me. Like they're shoehorning in these superhero characters, and I just. I don't think it fits this TV show. Maybe I could be proven wrong and it'll end up being great, but I just, I don't know. The one thing, well, the one thing that might be cool about it, because it is kind of a fantasy universe, is we may see the return of Quicksilver in it, and that might be something to look forward to. Yeah, so th- there is, there's a lot of opportunity for returning characters, and we'll get to that too with Falcon in the Winter Soldier when we talk about that, but to, to stick with WandaVision for a second, it's just, even in this sh- brief set of shots that we saw in this spot it's so tonally confusing right we still don't really know a whole lot about what it is and if it is going to be this like like you said like lucy and desi kind of sitcom thing it doesn't make sense for the grief vehicle that it's ultimately going to be no matter what right because vision is gone and wanda ostensibly loved him and she's going to be dealing with that and apparently apparently in a way that involves creating this fantasy world where he's still alive and they live in the fifties question mark. So I just, I don't know what to make of that exactly. Falcon and the winter soldier was more concrete. You know, obviously we see Falcon throwing the shield. We see um, him and winter soldier looking grim, (laughs) looking very grim. Uh, Lots of stuff, lots of stuff's going on. But the big thing for me was, was we see Baron Zemo uh, come back. Which, if you don't remember who he is, he was... I believe the last time we saw him was Civil War. He's the, basically the guy that tries to turn the Avengers on each other, creates Team Cap and Team Iron Man, and at the end he tries to kill himself, but Black Panther stops him. And so he's still alive and he's still out there, presumably. So I'm curious to see what happens with that show. I've, I've heard uh, that if you look at certain elements visually in that part of the trailer, you can see things like US Agent popping up which I guess is another version of Captain America, question mark? I don't really know. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of theories that of what the storyline is going to be. Mainly the, the leading theory is that the U.S. government's not going to want um, Falcon to be the, pro- the new Captain America, and they're going to want this alternate guy. And the big plot twisty thing is in the end, he's finally going to get the um, position that he rightfully deserves. Yeah, I, so I'm, I just Googled U.S. agent. He apparently was the character was eventually redesigned as the new incarnation of Captain America. So yeah, that may be a attention point in the show. Is like you said, will Falcon actually become Captain America? I would presume that he will be, but I guess it kind of depends on how into it uh, Anthony Mackie is. I uh, think. I mean, I I want to say I was reading a report somewhere that Anthony Mackie said that he him portraying Captain America was like one of the biggest honors of his life and he thought it was like a super big responsibility that he was ready to take on so I feel like they're going to do that like a runaround thing to kind of milk a tv show but at the very end of the first season like he's definitely going to be Captain America I have a feeling I'm looking forward to seeing I mean another undercurrent I would imagine would be that Bucky is like, why, why can't I be a Winter Soldier? <laughs> like, I was Winter Soldier's best friend. I got a metal arm. Like, it, 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 it would be great. So that might there might be like a jealousy thing there. And then as it is, Falcon and Winter Soldier have this very 
uh very comedic i should say but also very like a, a very push and pull relationship um throughout the movies in which they star together so i'm curious to see how that develops if it becomes a camaraderie like falcon and captain america or if it if it continues to kind of uh royal beneath beneath the surface so um i don't know we didn't the spot i don't think really said when the shows are coming um i believe captain and america or falcon and winter soldier i think that got delayed recently i think so Um, i think wandavision was confirmed for 2020 though right at some point i want to say it was falcon and winter soldier will be this fall wandavision is coming out this year but loki is 2021 is is what i'm reading here on on cnet so um this stuff is all coming i would imagine with mandalorian on a break disney plus has to be pushing to get more more shows like that out given the phenomenon that that ultimately wound up being so we should see some great content in the next six months or so it sounds like so be on the lookout for that we are going to move now into uh one of the later segments of the show which is where we talk about what we've been up to uh and we'll start with tactic today tactic okay so the main thing that i um did this last week was i watched a movie called dark waters and a lot of the movies i've been watching lately have been more on the serious end of things mark ruffalo right yeah this this was a quite well put together movie um starring Mark, mark ruffalo and it was about the dupont conspiracy that happened um, roughly five years ago, but started even beyond that. It it was basically a 15-year-long venture about um, the company DuPont poisoning the waters and basically exposing a town of like 70,000 people with various chemicals, and they were all getting cancer, and there was this massive lawsuit. And the summary of it is, you will be terrified of your current cookware um anything that's teflon coated and you will probably move to ceramic cookware because at the end of the movie they said that 99 percent of all living creatures on this planet have this chemical that is released from teflon when it's um, heated to a high temperature in their bloodstream because the body cannot naturally break it down so that's terrifying terrifying so are you moving to ceramic cookware from um, that for our listeners we have you put ceramic to. cookware on our wedding registry yeah we originally well, we literally did not have ceramic cookware on there and then after watching the movie within like 10 minutes we had done research and swapped which cookware we put on our registry i just remember the, the the trailer for that movie where mark ruffalo is like how bad is it to drink this water and that one guy is like it's like drinking a tire <laughs> you remember that part yeah it's in the movie i would assume but um but it's it was the movie was done really really well it's it's kind of shocking how long this case took in in real life it's and shocking how recent it was i didn't realize that this was happening literally within like the last five years yeah this spanned from basically Jeez. early uh late 90s to 2015 and where did this happen uh, primarily virginia. i know it happened in- yeah virginia. i think it was west virginia yikes uh well uh <laughs> replace your teflon cookware question mark i guess that's our message for for today at least as far as tactic is concerned don't worry we're not we're not like throwing them all out today we're gonna cook with our teflon coated until we get the new stuff well that's good because i was i was worried um <laughs> well uh that was a bit of a downer 
Uh, Nerd Bomber, you want to pick us up a little bit? Okay, so I have two things that I kind of want to touch on that I've been doing. Um, So one was that I read The Next Person You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Albom. Uh, If you guys are not familiar with his work, it's kind of hard to not be. He wrote The Five People You Meet in Heaven, and this is one of the sequels to the book that he finally wrote. And I felt obligated to read it because I had read the first book, and I feel like it was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. And I, like I said, just felt obligated to read it when I saw it at the library it's just okay. Like it was more of the same. I, I guess I don't really fall into the category of people who super enjoy these types of books. I feel like there, I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting preached at the entire time. So I don't find these type of books very yeah. enjoyable and they're very like tear jerky and it's very obvious that they're pulling on your heartstrings and I just don't like it. Um, so like it, it was a well-written book. The story was good. It's just not my cup of tea. But if it is your cup of tea, then you'll be happy to know that it's out there in the world and you can read it. Um, The other thing that I have been doing is watching Digimon Try. So after we talked about Digimon on our show two episodes ago, um, we're kind of interested. We looked up that there's actually a continuation of the Digimon adventure story in a six part movie series called Digimon Try. So we've watched the first movie in the series so far, and it's basically, they're not totally grown up yet. That movie is obviously coming out in 2020 later this year. Um, But these six movies kind of span, I want to say they're like in early high school at the time. And it just kind of follows like what happens. They reconnect with their Digimon. A new adventure occurs. There's Digimon coming to Earth. Um, So the first movie, I would say it started out a little bit slow. They had to build the backstory back up a little bit because you're away from these characters for so long. But they brought back a lot of the original voice actors, which was really cool because, I mean, the voices are super iconic. I feel like Ty and Izzy, you hear those voices and it's like a blast from the past. Um, And Overall, like I'm excited to get into the rest of the Digimon Tri movie series because they set up the story and I feel like there's more to dig into. So I'm excited to kind of hit the ground running with the second one, which I think we'll probably be watching sometime in the next week or so. So yeah, it's been fun. I definitely recommend watching it in a group of friends because adding commentary to some of the cheesy moments in the film makes it so, so much better. I know exactly what you mean. Um, not with that movie specifically, but with, I've done that. There's certain movies that are just really great for that. Um, to go back to nerd bomber, what you said about the five people you meet in heaven, or I guess you, you said the next person is the one that you read. Mm-hmm. I read the five people you meet in heaven and pretty much exact. I can confirm your exact experience of like, it was good. I felt very preached too, which I didn't care for. Um, and it's very emotionally manipulative. Yeah, like the uh, message good. in the book is fine. Like the message is actually really nice. Like you're supposed to appreciate what you have and like make connections with people and don't be too hard on yourself and enjoy your life, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's just... Blah, I, blah, blah. It's so <laughs> overt. Like they don't even try to like mask it. It's literally like you, they're talking to the people that they meet and it's basically like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. And you're like, okay, wow. You basically just slapped me across the face with that. Like you yeah, didn't even try to like hide it. Face. Yeah. Huh. So... Like, it wasn't a bad book. It's just not my cup of tea. I, like, if Maybe. I gave it a star rating, it'd probably be, like, right in the middle of, like, three out of five. Well, there you go, listeners. If that is, if you think that is your cup of tea, what is it called? The Next Person You Meet in Heaven? Because mm-hmm. he's done two sequels, right? Wasn't there a sixth person you meet in heaven? I or something? think so. So this is, this is another was. sequel. In any case, as for me, uh, there's two things I want to mention. Um, I already told 
the two of you i finished metroid prime one i hundred percented it which is the first time i've ever done that in just over nine hours uh which you see speed runs of these things in like like two and a half or something so it's not like impressive or anything but it's the fastest i've ever done it um i died once and i had to look up where one of the missile expansions was so as i dig into metroid prime 2 i'm making a deal with myself to never die first of all and to uh not look anything up and if that results in me not getting 100 percent, that's okay i can i can sleep at night or i can i can try um i love those games so much I don't really have much more of an update than that. If you haven't played them and if you have the ability to, uh, you might be able to emulate it with like Dolphin, but I have a GameCube and it's just been a fantastic experience. My girlfriend's in the background saying, what are you playing? Why are you playing it on a potato? But I don't care. It's, it's a still, nice it's purple potato though. And well, and um, well, actually the one you guys got me is silver. Is it? I can't um, remember. It is. But the like as far as gamecube games go it's graphically like one of the most one of the best looking gamecube games there is so yes you can tell it's on a potato but it's like a very very polished potato i would say well Um, scrubbed well scrubbed so uh i've been into that and then the other thing i want to mention and i don't think i've mentioned it on a past podcast but so for christmas i actually got a book called well it's it's even what it's called is interesting Technically, I think it's just called S, the letter S. But what it is, is it's a book. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten into this. It's really hard to explain. It's like a combination between a book and an escape room. Because you buy it, and it's an old library book called Ship of Theseus. But inside, there are a bunch of like inserts of like people put papers in there. And in the margins, there's people writing back and forth to each other, essentially trying to solve a mystery and decode certain parts of the book. I feel like figure I've out heard who of the author book. is. It's actually it's it's co-written by J.J. Uh, Abrams. That's why. Okay, yes, I've heard of this book because I tried to read it. I think it, as an ebook, and it doesn't translate well to ebook. Oh, I can't imagine it would. There's absolutely no way it would. It's super well produced, and it's super interesting. Uh, my complaint with it right now is that you don't you you take for granted when you're reading a book the linearity of sitting down and reading it and like you like when the way this book is structured you will read a page of the book and then you'll see that there are a bunch of footnotes and little conversations that are happening in the margins that are related to what you just read and you have to go read those and then you turn the page and oh a piece of paper fell out and there's something written on it that's related to another piece of this mystery and like so it's very like you're collecting clues and it's at times very disjointed there's there's different timelines there's these two characters writing back and forth to each other in the margins but they Wait, also so occasionally will write paper in different... actually fall out though yeah it all comes in like uh it comes in like a, a slip cover and when you take the so you as you're flipping through it there are certain things placed in certain pages um again in a strategic way so that you're you're kind of as you read it you're uncovering certain parts of this of this mystery but there's different time like there's these characters right back and forth to each other in the margins and they occasionally write in different color inks which indicates that they're writing certain things years later so it's just like it's a lot of threads to keep track of and it's super well done i know that where it's going is going to be super satisfying but it's also not the kind of book that you can sit down and like i sit down and i read 20 or 30 pages of it and i'm much more like uh exhausted literary wise than i would be if i sat down and read 20 to 30 pages of a regular book 
so it's a very it's a very unique experience that's one thing i can say about it and i'll probably talk about it on future episodes as well just because it's of how engrossing uh it is but um i also don't want to give anything away so i'll move on for now to the fantasy movie league uh give an update on that before we get into our game for the week hipster pop geek congratulations uh coming in first place this week with 73 million uh, a far cry from second place mecha yoda had 55 million so a decent chunk of change for hipster pop geek ben checkness our good friend at number three with 53 uh spitfire at number four with 52 and a half nerd bomber number five with 51 and a half tactic at number six with 48 e. secret asian man with 44 devin reed with 37 florida hawk with 34 and then i managed to come in 10th but i'm not even going to say what my number was because it's it's under a million guys i didn't set my lineup again uh i've been i've been cajoled by people who remain who will remain nameless and rightfully so so i'll be setting a lineup this week uh so y'all better watch out that's all i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna be coming back with a vengeance uh looking at the overall hipster pop geek in first place has dethroned uh, now me. you've been you've been dethroned tactic after that fantastic week by hipster pop geek at 491 million total tactic at 473 so uh hipster pop geek's got a leg up on you now you're gonna have to work you're gonna have to claw your way back to first place you each both have two two uh two wins under your belts so uh it's gonna be a fierce battle i think as we go for the next five weeks uh nerd bomber in third place at 444 million florida hawk with 421 and devin reed rounding out the top five at 413 uh if you want to join us uh in the fantasy movie league and uh pick a cineplex every week and and try and make more money than everyone else uh you can head on over to fantasymovieleague.com look for the league online warriors podcast which is a locked league but the password is podcast all lowercase uh we're about halfway through what i think is our fourth season or our fifth season now so there's five weeks to go for you to get in uh get a feel for how it works and then uh you can really hit the ground running when we start season five or six whatever the next season is and uh kick our butts and get your name read on the air so head on over and check that out if it sounds like your cup of tea tactic i believe you are in charge of creating a game that i will lose today okay so the way i'm going to be running this game is depending on what the type of question is it'll either be you have the answer right or you have it wrong or it'll be prices right rules and i will let you know each question what the format is prior to asking it keeping us on our toes i respect okay. it and the topic of today's quiz is traditional playing card deck questions okay so fantastic the, let's do the, it for the first one how many one-eyed jacks are in a deck? This is a correct or incorrect type question. Who gets to go first on this one? Uh, I, whichever gives you the advantage. Does me going first give you an advantage? I'll go first. Um, I'm going to say that there are two. Shoot. Uh, I mean, you can why, still say two. Yeah. We can we can still both be correct okay. or incorrect. I was also going to say two because I'm almost positive I actually know this. I took an art class once. I'll give you some background on this. I took an art class once and we had to design the um, what are they called? The royal. What are those? What are those cards called? Where they're all like the the guys, the people. Face cards. Yes, thank you. The face cards. We had to the draw royal face cards. cards. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are they called? Yeah, we had to draw all of the face cards in a deck, and 
you had to research them before you could do that. And I'm almost is it the two black two. ones that are the one-eyed jacks, or is it? Well, we don't even know if you're correct yet, te- guys. Tactic will tell us. Tactic, tell us. So the okay. answer is two. The jack of spades yes. and the jack of hearts are facing sideways. So one okay. red and one black. Interesting. Well, we're, we both got it right. So um, this is already the best I've done I'm on the past like five quizzes. Okay. I'm still in the game. So the next question is Price is Right style. Um, it is a year-based answer. And so if you answer a number too late, that is a bust. Okay, sweet. When was the Joker card added in the United States specifically? Oh, boy. This is uh, so hard. This is so hard. I mean, playing cards have been around forever, right? I mean, have, I'm trying to think. Were I'm they back in, like, anything. colonial days? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just pull it out of my butt and say 1900. Okay, I think it's earlier than that. Um <sighs> I'm going to play it extra safe here, and I'm going to say 1776, the the year of our Declaration of Independence. So Nerd Bomber was closer, however she busted. The answer was 1860. Okay. Okay. I I accept, hey, you know what? I had I was playing it strategic. Um, I literally had no idea, so I'm bus fine Bus rules are bus this. rules. Yeah. Right before the Civil War. Is that what caused the Civil War? The Joker card? Yes. I believe it. Okay, so this is a either incorrect or correct type answer. Which is the only queen in the deck that faces to the right? Uh, oh, Nerd Bomber, you go first for this one, right? Or no, do I? I do. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go Alice in Wonderland, say the Queen of Hearts. I'm going to go with Diamond. Okay, so you're both wrong. It's the Queen of Spades. Okay, Rats. okay, okay. Cool. The old maid. Cool. Okay, Isn't so, that the old maid? So illegal is, is still up. It this might, next question remember. is... Pri- I'm ignoring you, basically. This next question yeah, is Price is Right style. If you add up all of the values in a deck, with Jack being 11, Queen being 12, King being 13, and one for the Joker... What is the total? Obviously, aces are also one. So we don't really we. Sh- this has to be like off the cuff. Like can't think about it because like we could yeah, sit here you for a while and out. just figure this out. I mean, it, you just can say a number. Show poor math skills too if you tried to figure it out. Yeah, just say a number. Um, I'm going to go with a hundred. I don't know. I'm gonna say a hundred forty-four because that just seems like a a, re- a cool number. Illegal gets the point again. It's 366. What? Gee willikers. Yeah, we were pretty bad at math. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, even if I sat there yeah, for five wait, minutes, yeah, I that doesn't never make, would have come up with that. that. I literally, that doesn't make any sense. My brain did not work on yeah, that. You guys one. were all like, yeah, we could just add them up, couldn't we? <laughs> That's why I was like, okay, take as much time as you want. <laughs> yeah, if I had a pad and paper in front of me, I probably still would have gotten that wrong. Well, I'll take the point. So now I'm up by two points. This could oh be your gosh. week. This could be it. This is I. I gotta blow it here at the end to keep the keep the streak okay. alive. How many fifth, questions are left? Technically? Fifth and last question. Oh boy, you so, basically oh, won you, this. You basically locked it in. Do you want to make this worth two points? Just for just. Like I can make fun. it worth two if you want to tie. Why it up. would you, you want to? Why would you want to jeopardize your first win in like ever? Well, it, it feels like it's been season. The listeners want something interesting. Okay. Yeah, they want some action. If 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 you get it right, we'll do a tiebreaker question. Okay, and you know what? Even if I get it wrong. I asked for this. I'm okay. 
whatever happens happens so okay. let's let's do it i'm feeling lucky what card is referred to as the devil's bedpost what the devil's bedpost oh this is me right uh now there's i have there's a logic behind this i'm gonna say the six of clubs oh boy uh i i do think you're right with the six just thinking about the structure of the card actually wait no no i disagree i'm thinking i'm trying to think how those cards are structured i'm gonna go nine of nine of nine of spades I don't know. I was just thinking six because like six is the, six 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 is the number of the beast, right? Oh, yeah. That was my that, whole. That makes sense. All right, so be wrong, so bedposts generally have four posts. Um, Shoot. so so it's a four of clubs. <laughs> oh, I, was see, I was thinking, super close. Right. I was trying to like make a bed on the card with um, the the structure of the card. I don't know, man. So illegal takes it. Um, that wow. was a bad last question. I thought. <laughs> Um, but nice job. You have officially won. Nerd Bomber, you should be so embarrassed. <laughs> How did you let this happen? I don't you, know, but any... you know, I had a good streak going. That means that I did not lose for a very long time. So I'll take it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to make a quiz for next week. Oh gosh. I'll start thinking now about what I'm going to find a way to lose while administering the quiz. That's, that's my goal for next week. Let's that would actually be very impressive. It'd be a first time for the show. Um, that's it for us uh, for this week. Uh, as usual, we thank you all for listening. And we would encourage you to go hit us up on the social meds. Uh, we all have Twitters. And uh, Tactic actually mentioned one of, the, one of his tweets today. So we use our Twitters. Uh, head on over to Twitter and look up at OWTactic, at OWLegal86, and at OW nerd bomber um to see what we be talking about and uh you can also uh hit us up on our main show account at online warriors one um and you can leave us a review on apple podcasts if you are so inclined um in the meantime we again thank you all for listening and we hope you have a fantastic week adios see ya